and we are live for the very first episode of the tennis galaxy podcast hello everyone i am your host prasad from mumbai and i have with me two very special guests who are going to be a part of this wonderful podcast known as the tennis galaxy podcast i have two indian die hard tennis fans with me who are at the moment in the united states we have prakash here hi prakash how are you doing hi i'm good hi and we have rajkamal and both of these are tennis fans since the 90s my goodness me i am a tennis fan since 2001 and uh to speak to these guys who have been watching tennis since 1990 so imagine the masala the imagine the conversation imagine the uh, build up the analysis the stats the numbers you are going to get on this podcast when these people are going to talk about everything tennis and uh, to introduce uh, our members let's go straight to prakash first prakash can you introduce yourself to the member to our uh, listeners sorry sure hi everyone uh, this is uh, prakash potakuti and uh, right now i think uh, i'll be more familiar with my twitter handle donald tendulkar and uh, which is of course you know from my two cricket favorites donald uh, bradman and sachin tendulkar and for tennis fans definitely roger laver would be the way i would be having to introduce myself and uh, i've been following tennis for the past 30 years and my earliest memories are from uh, you know the becker uh, edberg uh, wimbledon uh, back to back finals in 88 and 90 and yes i've been a very passionate tennis fan since then absolutely prakash it's great to have you and uh, you know Thank the you. best part the best part about uh, this podcast is i got in touch with prakash as soon as um, uh, we have uh, our conversations i've been following prakash since a long time on twitter now and i have been a fan of his uh, tweets all the stats he shares and um, prakash suggested that we pull in the next person that we are going to hear from is mr raj kamal raj kamal hi uh, great hi. to have you as well and can you also give our listeners something about yourself an introduction about yourself first of all prasad i'm a little bit offended that you said i've been following tennis since 90s actually it's 1989 so my apologies <laughs> sir my apologies <laughs> i'm calling you for that and unlike prakash i'm not a twitter celebrity yet but oh, okay. yeah, i started tennis in uh, 89 you know watching uh, graf navratilova then moving on to states sampras agassi federer nadal djokovic all these greats and i like nothing more than talking about this wonderful sport and the wonderful people uh, you know who make it so great so i'm looking forward to this podcast a lot absolutely excited to have you guys the best part is that i've been listening to your conversations and um, i feel um, like you know i i'm listening to two very good analysts who know their stuff inside out and i mean i'm i know from prakash's tweets that uh, it can get uh, you know very interesting and uh, you know th- those tweets are such that it makes me watch tennis more and more and look for patterns so we've so let's uh, just get straight to the uh, topics that we are going to do on today's podcast and we are obviously starting with roland garros which is tomorrow which is today by the way it's 26th year in india <laughs> so yeah. it's on a sunday and uh, uh, it's a clay court tournament one of the four major grand slams that are played for people who will start following tennis after hearing to this brilliant podcast this is the four, this is the second of the four 
um, Grand Slams. Prakash and Rajke, what can you tell us about the draws? What are your thoughts on the draws? Let's just go to Federer's draws first. What do you think have been the draws for him? How how does the draw look for Federer? Yeah. Okay, so, I'll start off. Yeah. yeah, Prakash, you can start off. Okay, so... Well, the Federer, I mean, he's, uh, you know, as we all know, is back on the clay after three years. And uh, while his, uh, you know, achievements on clay are not uh, in the same league as his achievements on hard court or grass, he has had, you know, a terrific uh, clay court resume. And even the last time he played, you know, he made the quarterfinals, losing to the eventual uh, champion in uh, Wawrinka in the quarterfinals. So... We know he's not a slouch, and even his uh, comeback this year has been pretty impressive. You know, even though uh, he didn't get past the quarterfinals at either of those two Masters, Madrid and Rome, so he looks to be in good form. And the biggest thing I feel is, I mean, irrespective of the draw right now, I mean, he is basically playing with house money. I mean, he has nothing to do, and that's pretty much what Federer has already said. And Absolutely. he's going to play very freely. So, hmm. so I think looking at that, I think his draw is a. Uh, I would say it's pretty manageable, and uh, his. I think he starts against you know uh, Italian player who is. Oh, I mean he's not Fonini or Seppi, so I'm thinking Federer should not have much trouble navigating him. And uh, really, his uh, first challenge, I would think, uh, uh, maybe. I mean, I'm thinking he should be able to. His Gulp is there lurking. Mm-hmm. So you know who beat him? Uh, I guess uh, I think was it 2014? I think he I beat think him. 2014 French Open. Let me let me French just give you the names of his first two opponents. It's Sonego, yeah. as you said, and then Desiri. Yeah. We don't really oh, expect yeah. problems there. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I'm thinking, yeah, it'll be the third round. I think uh, that he would really like. You know, there's a there's Gulbis or the, I think, yeah, there's Gulbis, yeah. there's Berrettini, and then yeah. he has Schwarzman. Yeah, he's got Schwarzman so in the fourth round. So yeah. let's talk a bit about Gulbis. Prakash, so obviously yeah. Gulbis beat Federer in French Open, right? That was in right. 2014. Absolutely. So do you think that match is going to have any impact on this one if they meet? I would definitely think so, I think, you know, because it helps a lot when you play the big guys to have a, had a you know, record of having beaten him and to be, for it to be, you know, in the, the same venue and, you know, uh, that would be a... We have, I think, a very big factor. They play there. And uh, the other guys, you know... If, a little bit in form, right? He's not really in form nowadays. So, I, yeah. I honestly think that Federer is going to have much better chances this time than in 2014. So, I'm not too worried about Gulbis. I wouldn't be too worried about Gulbis if you're a Federer fan. Absolutely, I and no. to be and to add to that and to add to that, like Prakash said, Federer is playing freely. Like these, he has nothing to lose, and of um, um, slam at this point is a bonus. I mean, uh, if he wins the French Open, uh, which is quite unlikely because of the top two that are doing very well, um, it'll it'll he has nothing to prove. I mean, twenty Grand Slams, uh, an illustrious career, still pulling the crowd. He will not be feeling any pressure till the semi-finals. That's uh, yeah. that way. Till I think, until he gets there, right? He's basically, I mean, he has it, nothing to lose. So I think he he talk about his next opponent, Schwarzman. If he yeah. gets to the it's likely to be Schwarzman. Schwarzman, yeah. Schwarzman in general, I quite like him as a player, yeah. actually. Hmm. Yeah, he's going to be a real. Uh, I think he almost uh, took out Djokovic in Rome, so I think he's going to be a big factor, and that should be definitely the. 
place i think where federer is going to really have his work cut out if nana if not with the gulbis match definitely schwartzman and, and you know definitely yeah. last year against nadal he took a set off nadal last year when he was playing in such good form right <laughs> right oh yeah definitely yeah. i mean schwartzman has been really good the last two years he's been in tremendous you know just not on uh, clay but of course clay is his best surface but you know all over on you know, he's been a pretty good uh, player consistent player so he's going to be really a threat so i think that could be a match you know to watch out and it's going to be second uh, week of the slam now fourth round so definitely yes, so that's going to this is a match you don't want to miss if it if it comes to a pass that's federer schwartzman you know not really and so so let's uh, get rajke in a bit here now and uh, you've been so uh, very critical about the schedule in rome and you know the especially for players like federer and djokovic because they tend to they tend to have you the schedule looks harsh so do you think setsepas nadal djokovic will prove too much on federer if he gets there eventually Rajke. But of course, one good thing here is this being a Grand Slam, you have a rest day between matches. So in Rome, mm-hmm. the problem was that these guys sometimes had to play two matches in a row because of rain and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't expect that to be a problem here, schedule mm-hmm. uh, per se. But this is a tough draw for Federer from the semi-final, from the quarter-final onwards. He played Sitsipas, um, and actually, I think Sitsipas is going to be easier for him than Nadal. Sorry, than Schwarzman. I expect mm-hmm. him to have better chances if he gets past Schwarzman of beating Sitsipas. But then. you're going to play against nadal in the semi final you know and this is federer has beaten nadal the past five times but this is nadal's surface absolutely so i'm not even sure <laughs> from the federer point of view that he would want to play against nadal and you know like risk that loss because the head to head right now is giving federer a lot of confidence for the rest of the season so from a federer fans point of view again he's playing with house money here and if he doesn't make it through to nadal even that has its own positives because he keeps the confidence you know of winning the past five matches against nadal very well that, yeah. um yeah i think for if it's federer you got you can look past the semi finals or not that would be i mean and definitely with nadal there right the form he is and i don't think there's an option i think this he will have to go through nadal so that is going to be uh, i mean most like that's my call that is uh, ranul under the semis you know and i do pick him to win okay so that's about that's that's federer guys uh, that's the world number 3 currently uh, roger federer but rajke let's get your favorite player in and by the way rajke is a big novak djokovic fan that's and right. uh, who who almost who almost was praying that novak djokovic you know uh, went into paris unscathed because of the the bagel in rome and stuff and the second set that he went through but but uh, rajke what do you make of djokovic's draw then For, uh, djokovic Uh, well, he's got a tough draw on on paper. So let's go through each of the rounds. He starts absolutely. Hursak, uh, that shouldn't be too difficult. But then from there on, let me just tell you these names that he may have to beat uh, to win this French Open, and you mm. can decide for yourself. Really, it's Sam Querrey, Jay mm. Simon, Torres, Bona Torres, Sasha mm. Zverev, Dominic Thiem, and Rafa Nadal. Mm. I mean, that's that's quite insane, really. Now he's helped a little bit by the fact that Zverev is out of form. and then he has got a good record against Soros but even then if it's just Thiem and Nadal back to back that's going to be a tough ask so i'm going to yeah. say that on the face of it he's not going to be 
as much of a favorite as Nadal. But if it's a Djokovic Nadal final, then I may even have Djokovic as a favorite. So that's that's my stance on this whole thing. That if it's a Djokovic Nadal final, I may expect Djokovic to win. But Nadal is much more likely to reach the final than Djokovic. So speaking uh, from a perspective of today, Nadal is still the favorite. That that's my take on Djokovic. It sounds as if Rafa Nadal, Prakash, Prakash. Um, Djokovic um, making it to the final in Rome, obviously bageled in that first set, but came back well in the second, and right. I think then kind of let it uh, slip. I mean, it was yeah. it was a wise decision to uh, whatever that was. Uh, Nadal yeah. won his first uh, Masters, first title on clay this season. But how is right. Djokovic going into uh, the French Open, according to you? How is how is thing, yeah. first thing is I mean, if you thought. His draw was tough when it came out. It got tougher. You know what happened today? Zverev won the title. Yeah. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Two hours ago, right? In Geneva, he oh. beat Jerry Nicholas Jerry. He was another player. <clears throat> I would say we got you know you have to watch out for Jerry. Is a pretty good player. So, and uh, yeah, so I think uh, his draw draw is pretty tough. There's no doubt. But again, then again, if it you know if anyone can make it, it's uh, Djokovic, and we also know that you know draws tend to fall apart. Like I'm thinking, like we this could go both ways for Zverev. That you know winning this could help him make a deep run in Paris, but also then you no, know, he has played the week before. How fatigued will he be going in? You know, so that and you know so looking draw, at Zverev's matches, they've all been three yeah. setters, so there's going to be a bit yeah, of fatigue there, isn't there? There's going to be. I think he's played. Quite a lot, no? so so it's very yeah. So that's but still yeah. There's no denying that you know Djokovic draw is a pretty tough even without Zverev there, right? He's got quite. I mean even that guy the Hurkas guy starting with, he's a pretty good player, you know. He's uh, on clay he hasn't done well, but you no, know, he was uh, he had a deep run I think uh, in Indian Wells I think he did very well. So yeah. He, yeah, so he's an up and, and the coming next player. Could no? be Sam Query, and we all know about Sam Query. And yeah, Jokovic. exactly. And, and <laughs> Query is like no slug on clay, you know. Like he's not like other Americans. He's actually got a very good ground game, you know. So on his day, and you know, Query could be really a handful. And he's beaten over with the Wimbledon, and as you said, exactly. These guys beat one of the big and, three. They carry the confidence again, right? When right, exactly. Exactly. Of Simone in uh, Round three, I guess, right? So round three, Simona. Uh, I remember the Austrian Open match a couple of years back, where basically he will make you pull his pull your hair. You know, Djokovic, I think, made like hundred plus errors in that match. Yes, the famous match with Djokovic. Really, yeah, he was really lucky to get through that match. (laughs) Yes, he was very lucky. There was no doubt. That one was, of course, he didn't finally couldn't make it uh, all the you know very deep or whatever, but. You know, that was, yeah, so that's what Simone can do to you. So it's, and then he's playing but, in France. Um, he's playing in France. That's the biggest thing, actually. Simone, I don't think Clay is his best surface, but the biggest factor is that he's playing at home. So he's going to be, again, a very, very tough player. So, and then, of course, there's Chorich, and who was, again, yeah, on his day. <laughs> at the worst case, he's going to make you play, you know, all the, like, to the fullest extent. He's going to fatigue you. So, and then of course, going down, it only keeps getting tougher. You know, you got, say, if not uh, Zverev, I think Fonini is the other guy in that section. Yeah, who can make that, help. that makes it tougher, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I think Djokovic will want a few of these guys 
to really like you know uh fall out somewhere and uh, the draw needs to open up but if he has to play the way the you know it's on paper uh that could like really it could be end up like i think having something like say 2014 where he gets to the final but he is really yes. at that time i think he was more fatigued by the conditions like he was uh, not feeling well he was under the weather or something but this yeah, time yeah, it's a draw yeah. that's going to get him you know and and i mean if he is uh, upwards of 30 so yeah, oh, yeah. i would say oh, yeah. it's okay. a match by match thing with jokovic i would say we'll have to see how he gets the second week you know he would want to get there with uh, as much you know uh, efficiency as possible right and rajke and rajke you have to agree that you cannot uh, count jokovic out any time i as a player if i've seen him throughout his career the way he has gone Uh, even if even if you are two sets to love up against Djokovic, you cannot relax because a, a, a Novak Djokovic can lose two sets and win three in a flash. And, I completely uh, agree with that, but uh, you know that that leads me to another point. A lot of people say that the draw doesn't matter, and if you're a good player, you should win. Anyway, yeah. I completely disagree with that because as Prakash was saying, these accumulated matches, you know, take their toll on you. I mean, Djokovic would, of course. still come back from two sets to down in one match but that's not the problem what does that do to the next match and if he does okay. you know two matches in a row what happens to the third match do you really absolutely i mean yeah. come back against cm or something like that that to me is a problem yeah. yeah so and so uh, guys so guys yeah, uh, yeah prakash you you were saying anything that you yeah, were adding yeah that's what here. we saw in rome too right basically we saw a version of that in rome where dirk which is basically fatigued big time by the time he got to the final and nadal's not so much so that sort of thing would uh, happen here in uh, no uh, in the paris the same thing you know like of course they may not play uh, two matches on the same day but you know even like if you have like back to back five setters in the quarters and semis i think i mean forget I mean, the rest of his first five yeah. rounds let's just say yeah. that he has to play thiem and nadal just these two okay prakash right. what do you think are the chances if he has to play thiem and yeah, nadal yeah yeah i'm not liking those you know it's anyone I'm not like those either, any of those three right if they have to play it's like basically how it used to be with federer nadal and djokovic right if one has to play the top two i mean the other two back to back that yes. guy is basically not making it most likely exactly. it's going to be the other so exactly. yeah if he has to do thiem and nadal back to back i think unless federer on the other end every year right that he can beat one yeah. of the big three and then he unravels in the next match and to be honest it's yeah. not his fault but we've seen him beat djokovic and then lose to nadal we've seen him beat right. nadal and then lose to djokovic in the next match you know right so yeah, he, yeah that's how it again, is it's going to be no it's, it's not really going to be easy because he's going to have right. to beat djokovic i think so that's no that's doubt yeah enough. yes Pretty so guys much. so wise pretty much uh, clear that we've spoken well on uh, federer and jokovic but that brings us to the hot favorite who's chasing his tw- record 12th uh, uh, grand slam uh, roland garros title the 12th french right. open the king of clay as they say and as we might agree um, yeah. rafael nadal uh, rafael nadal yeah. who by the way has got two qualifiers in the first two rounds and Uh, is looking we are looking at a very easy draw for him by while uh, <laughs> while while we while we as federer and jokovic fans might um, annoy uh, the uh, section of rafael nadal fans but uh, guys everyone has to agree that he's got a pretty easier draw in his quest for the 12th uh, title rajke prakash 
care to weigh okay, in so there? Look, yeah. look, this guy is not an easy draw, Nadal, but he's also the greatest player of all time on any surface. And by extension, the greatest player of all time on clay as well. He's just fantastic on the surface. And people say, what could be a tough draw for Nadal? And I agree with that, but it's it's like similar to what I was saying earlier. It's not that any one player would have a greater than 50% chance of meeting him. But say he had to play Del Potro and Zverev and Thiem and Djokovic back-to-back, it would have been tougher for him. So all we're saying is his chances would have been a bit less. We are not hmm. saying that he wouldn't have been the favourite if he did not get this draw. But with this draw, he's going to Wallace to the semi-finals. I'm just looking for anyone who can challenge him and I just can't see any. And Hampsman uh, and Maynard to qualify. Yeah. Yeah. Then Goffin. Goffin was a fantastic yeah. player. Uh, but I, I don't think this has been his best year. Prakash, what do you think are David Goffin's chances against Nadal in this form? I think he might win a set because he's pretty good on clay. But I think Nadal wins it in straight sets, I'm thinking right now. Well, then he's got the double handed backhand, hasn't he? Yeah, that's a good other thing that helps him, you know. But I think right now, under you know, conditions, both of them are in with Nadal coming in as hot favorite, and Gofan is kind of coming back from injury and stuff. So I think I would be surprised if he wins a set, you know. But I, if he does, he's not winning more than that, you know. I think. And his round four opponent is Basil Ashwini. And now, when the draw came out, your mm-hmm. eyes lit up because you saw some pattern about Basil Oh, yes, yes. I was coming there. I, yeah, I was coming. Yeah. So this is the thing, right? I noticed when. <laughs> Nadal defeated Baslashvili 6-1-6-0 in Rome. I think any and most tennis players are, or tennis fans are aware that you know very famous score in Rome. Nadal beating someone 6-1-6-0. Ro- Robin Schadling. Really yeah, that was <laughs> ten years back exactly. Exactly uh, ten years ago. Exactly, exactly. exactly. And then what happened in the French Open, none of us know. So maybe you can tell us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. We don't know what happened. So, but the thing was, yeah, I mean, I thought about that, but it gets even more crazy because they're actually now drawn to meet in the fourth round. Veslash really is actually playing uh, decent now. I mean, he wasn't really so his clay season was not that great, but and, and I mean, so he seems to be just as well, right? Yeah, yes, fourth round exactly. Yeah, Sordaling was fourth round. Sordaling was fourth round. Has even happened. This is unbelievable. It's going to be. Yeah, I think. It's like one of those the things where uh, Isner and Mahut, you know, after playing the marathon match. Oh, the marathon. The marathon, again yeah. met again, uh, what, in the first round again or second round, something like that? I the first, they, I guess. The first, yeah. Uh, again, they met in the first round, I guess. So but but to be very honest. Yeah, but Prakash, yeah. very honestly, uh, uh, yeah. 10 years back, I remember the Sordling game. And uh, that right. was a surprise for me as well. Because right. at, at that time... I used to be bored into the Grand Slams, then the Tours, and uh, right. uh, the I can uh, relate to the pattern because right. uh, a- anything that is going to dump Nadal out of the, a patch, <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to I'm willing to go by that. Um, going going by by uh, Federer Alliance since 2001, right. is what I've been right. watching since the right. Federer versus Sampras game. But uh, right. but yes, but but I but to be very honest, like Raj K said. If he yeah. has to play uh, those top ten opponents back to back to back, and yeah. uh, that, that that really makes a difference. But I think, but but according to me, he's got a very yeah. easy draw. The first two are qualifiers, yeah. basically. Yeah. Basically, if they swing in a surprise, you never know. But the chances are minimal because it's clear. Yeah, because practically yeah. zero, yeah. you know. It's qualifiers. Yeah. These are not even uh, regular ATP players. And again, know, this is not like. 
so this is clay this is the clay and nadal you know it's like i mean this is going to be even bigger than sordling beating if they beat nadal here it's going to be a much yeah. bigger upset if they beat nadal upset. here it's going to be the biggest upset i've ever seen <laughs> i would you'd have to because i mean just there's no way you know they're going to beat but and also i'm mean, coming back to baslashvili right i don't think uh, we'll get that fourth round match up i think uh, uh, you got this guy paya there and he's a, yeah 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 i think he's the one who's going to make that fourth round and uh, so that pattern yeah while uh, you know and then, let me also tell you baslashvili played another last year or the year before in french open and he was bigger oh yeah another oh, yeah, no actually his yeah. five sets last five sets baslashvili against nadal he's won two games Three bagels and two. That's not two six. games per average, right? That's two games in total across five sets. <laughs> across oh. five sets. Are you guys? So that's oh yeah, and that's that's thirty years of experience that is talking, guys. And you can <laughs> you can listen to the confidence that Raj cases. <laughs> but anyway, but that's the truth. And uh, we've that's the top three uh, guys. That's the top yeah, three. Talk a bit about Richie Corey, Nadal's yeah. quarterfinal opponent. Yeah. Oh yes. Before we agree or disagree. Oh, uh, I didn't get you. He's a shadow of his former self, Mishiko. Oh yeah, definitely. There's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt. And uh, but of course, that's going to be, I think, Nadal's biggest first test. Although I think actually Paya is not bad. You know, he's a uh, you know, he could uh, on his day, right, give a good match in the fourth round. But I think Mishiko is going to be the like uh, provided he makes it to the quarterfinals, which uh, again he's got a pretty interesting section with Songa and you know, other. uh there is this guy this new serbian guy i think dear what is his name how to pronounce that oh yes dear okay yeah 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 dear yeah he's already won a title on clay so like and then carino busta there's a uh, susa from portugal you know so and then pair benwa pair is there benwa yeah, so pair these guys can all tire each other out and yeah uh, and a uh, pair also won a title today so, yes i know, know? yeah so yeah he, So he seems to be finding some form. So yeah, I don't know if Nishikori will get there first of all. But if he does, you know, of course. And you know, to be very it, honest, yeah. and to be very yeah. honest, let's. We've spoken about almost everything, and uh, we've spoken about patterns. Let's before we uh, close. Uh, there are two things that we must do, and there's one thing that I'd like to hear from the both of you is: Are there any surprises that you feel might happen? Any upsets that will happen in this French Open? Probable. What you feel. Uh, before we predict our quarterfinal lineup, which we agreed to on the group, <laughs> as you all know. So, uh, Rajke, let's start with you now, and let's uh, see if you if you got any surprises coming. You feel might okay, come so up. I was looking at Tiem's uh, draw as well. You know his path to the final. Now, of course, we know that it runs through Djokovic and Nadal, and we talked about how difficult that is. Hmm. But looking through the draw, before that, he may have to play Valdasco and Del Potro back to back. Oh yeah. yeah. And here's what I found. He has an identical record against both Verdasco and Del Potro. They played four times. And guess how Not many two. TM has won? Zero. zero. He's zero four zero. against Verdasco. He's zero oh, four yeah. against Del Potro. So I sense mm-hmm. an upset there. I think Verdasco or Del Potro are going to fancy the chances against Dominic Thiem. Hmm. Which will help Djokovic. Which uh, will help Djokovic. Oh yeah. yeah, but again, unless Verdasco makes it. But I will call it an upset if Del Potro beats Thiem. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, no, maybe not. Yeah, Verdasco definitely. Verdasco beats, but again, the head-to-head record. You know, is that an upset? 
Yeah, exactly. Right. With the head-to-head, perhaps it's not an upset, but going by the rankings, right? I mean, and this is TM right. supposed to be the prince of clay, the next in next in uh, you know line, right? Once Nadal, right. if he ever stops winning French Open, which who knows if that's going to happen, then TM is the next right. in line. But I would still think of it as an upset, you know. But uh, these are two very dangerous matches for TM. Where that's going to go through. So let's see. Perfect, perfect. perfect. So Prakash. That's that's from yeah. Rajke. What do you feel, Prakash? What anything that comes to your mind regarding uh, the upset? I think so. Yeah, basically, uh, the thing is right. I mean, generally, clay has always been like a surface where you know it's pretty random, except for the last, and that has changed in the last fifteen years. Basically, with top guys like uh, Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic always making it to the semi-finals. So. I think in that sense, I think Nadal and Djokovic. I don't think there'll be any upsets, and the rest, I don't think you know we'll be surprised if this is an upset. You know, because like Federer himself is not in you know great form. And I mean, he's uh, all right, but I mean, you wouldn't be so shocked if he loses. I mean, uh, not in the yeah, first but, round, but say yeah, if he loses in his yeah in the third round to Gulbis or to Schwartzman. Mm-hmm. No, it, we have seen this, like you know, uh, like he lost to Milman in U.S. Open. So these oh, kind yeah. of things have. And uh, Wawrinka, the other guy. So I think, yeah, I think what uh, I think the one which uh, uh, Rajke pointed out with TM, that could be the biggest upset if you know, especially uh, Vodasco gets him. You know, even though it's four zero, I think this time if they play, I think the TM will get through. But yeah, but if yeah, it goes down a fifth time, that should definitely count as an upset. And you know, I guess so. I am thinking, you know, for to me at least. The two guys that will really count as an upset is if Nadal or Djokovic lose in the first uh, week. The rest all, I think, you know, I would say is fairly open the field. Anyone so let's. Uh, so yeah. so that's from Prakash and uh, guys. As we agreed, uh, yeah. let's let's uh, go through our potential um, uh, Roland Garros quarterfinals. What we feel might happen. I'm just going to go with what uh, the official Twitter handle of Roland Garo tweeted, and uh, let's right. see what you what difference the do our opinions make. Let's see, let's see what how different can you think. Uh, they say Novak Djokovic versus Zverev, Alexander Zverev. Yeah, Dominic I think they're Dom- just going by seedings. Yeah, or Dominic right. Team yeah. versus uh, Juan Martin Del Potro. Del Potro. Uh, yeah. versus Federer and Nishikori versus Nadal. So that's. One versus five, four versus eight, six versus three, and seven right. versus two. That's how they have it. What anything that uh, different that you feel might happen? Might happen? Yeah. So I uh, have a few different, but I, I have I have Prakash go first. Let's see what he has to say. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, I'm okay with Djokovic. Of course, he'll make it there. Uh, Zverev, I'm not so sure. I'm thinking uh, I should go with Fognini there. Okay, so that's that's the same. So let's go quarterfinal by quarterfinal. I agree with him. Right. I think it's going to be Djokovic for Nini. So you heard it from yeah. both of us here. It's going to be Djokovic for Nini. That's what for Nini. Keep right, your yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark that. Mark that. Mark the quarterfinal. <laughs> second, and, uh, second, I would say I'm. I'll go with uh, Thiem, and I think uh, I'm going to pick this guy Jari to get the quarterfinal to take Del Potro out in the first round. Oh and, my God. Uh, yeah. You heard it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll go with the upset there. That would be, I guess, the upset, you know, the week not. Because I think, yeah, Thiem and uh, Jerry would be my quarterfinalist picks. Oh, all right. 
So I think I'm going to stick here with Tiem and uh, Del Potro because I like what I saw of Del Potro in uh, Rome. He was playing Rome, very, yeah. very well. Mm-hmm. He was hitting that yeah. backhand, the best I've seen for the last 10 years. After 2009, I've never seen him hit that backhand so sweetly. So it's going to be Del Potro True. for me. And Del Potro, and Del Potro I think he made the semi-final that year too, 2009. Losing oh, to yes. Federer. Against Federer, so, the famous match, right? Yeah. Right. Five setter. Yes. Del Potro is in good form. So I'm going to stick with him. Del Potro team. Yes. Hmm. Right. That's good. Then uh, next one, like uh, Sitsi Pass. And Federer. Mm. Sitsi Pass versus Federer. Uh, uh, I don't know if I should play Sitsi Pass or Wawrinka there. And there's Chilich too, you know, who I like. Uh, But uh, yeah, I think I'll just stick with the Sitsi Pass there. Hopefully, you know, he'll continue his form. And, uh, yeah, Federer, yeah, just... I'm hoping, yeah, I think Federer will deliver and uh, make it to the quarterfinal. <laughs> Raj- CC pass Federer. Yeah, Prakash and me both <laughs> are on the same page there. But Rajke, CC pass Federer, do you stick with that? Or do you have something else in mind? Like Prakash not. So, I'm going to go with CC pass against Schwarzman. Because I think Schwarzman's dangerous right now. And uh, right. Federer... I think he's looking at clay as a bonus and I'm not sure uh, how much realistically he thinks. I think he made a statement a couple of days ago that, uh, you know, this time he doesn't feel that it's on his racket. Hmm. You know, so I, yeah. I'm looking at Federer taking this whole thing as a practice tournament for Wimbledon and the rest of the season than going, uh, you know, with a complete intention of winning it. So I'm going to pick Schwarzman against Federer or maybe even Gulbis, but let's stick with Schwarzman. So it's going to be Schwarzman sits a pass for me. Okay. Schwarzman sits a pass. And the last one, uh no surprises nadal versus nishikori any changes there or yeah i think i would uh, uh i want to pick this guy the serbian guy dear but uh, i think i'll go with uh, pair benoit pair oh no actually medvedev i'll go with medvedev oh no i was hoping that you'd leave medvedev for my pick but so then that's okay, i think well. i'll go with pair i don't i'll pick pair that's fine Okay, I good. Think pick, I yeah. want to pick I'm him. Daniel Medvedev. <laughs> wonderful player, wonderful Russian player, young next generation player who's coming up. And if you haven't seen him before, guys, this is a good chance to watch Medvedev. Absolutely. Uh, what? Okay, so that's pretty much about what we agreed to speak to on episode number one of uh, the Tennis Galaxy uh, podcast. And um, it's been a very, it's been a long podcast, but uh, that's. Uh, that's all right because we didn't the one. semifinals. <laughs> we didn't pick the semifinals and finals. Yeah, that's where I was going to go to next. So, Prakash, <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of time then, and uh, let's go on to Rajke now because Prakash started with the quarterfinals. Rajke, your semifinal picks. What do you feel based on what you chose? Like you, uh, Djokovic versus uh, what was your pick there in the quarterfinal? Uh, so, uh, it, it was supposed to be uh, the Wapasi original quarterfinal again. Which Djokovic was for Nini, I think, was my pick. Yeah, right. Djokovic yeah. versus for Nini, yeah. And then team versus Del Potro. Uh, okay. So, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Djokovic here against for Nini. Yeah, yeah that's Djokovic right. versus... And I think Thiem wins against Del Potro. So perhaps it's a rather timid pick, but Djokovic versus Thiem, yes. Okay, that's one. Yeah. And the second yeah. one. 
Uh, let's go with Prakash uh, first and then see oh, what we have to okay. say. Yeah, I'll say anything. I, have the, I think, yeah, Djokovic and Thiem will be my semi-final. There. Djokovic versus Thiem is Prakash's semi-final. Both, so, both of you go hand-in-hand uh, hand here. And then let's turn our attention now to the probable second semi-final that you guys feel. Uh, Prakash, let's start with you. I'm going with the Federal Nadal semi-final. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> uh, Rajke? I mean, that's the semi-final I would want. But as I said, I don't see Federal reaching there because Schwarzman is problematic. So I'm going to go with Nadal. Pretty certain. Now, between Tsitsipas and Schwarzman, for me, it's very difficult to say who's going to make the semi-final. But if I'm pushed into a corner... I'd probably pick Sitsipas. So it's Nadal Sitsipas for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who, who was beaten in Madrid, if I'm not wrong? Sitsipas beat yes, Nadal. Sitsipas beat Nadal at home in Madrid. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic achievement. But again, home country is Spain, but Nadal's home court is Philip Chatrier. So it's an entirely different situation here for the, for the Greek guy. You know, he's really going to have to play out of his world. But that's our next prediction, right? The final. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the final, that's next. Correct. That's next. So, Djokovic Nadal, then, uh, if everyone agrees to it. <laughs> well, I'm not sure of that, actually. So, because I think Djokovic TM, Djokovic is probably the favorite, but not by much. You know, if TM is in good form and if he can somehow beat Vadasco and Del Potro, as we were saying, he has bad records against those two. And yeah. he's going to be very confident. So, I, I really can't pick Djokovic with. A very high degree of confidence against TM. And honest. and then team, I better. I hope both Prakash, me, and uh, uh, millions of us watching uh, hope that if team makes it to the final, he doesn't uh, get bageled or doesn't lose in straight set at least. <laughs> at this least is the thing. I feel like getting to the final, it's very close between Djokovic and TM. But in the final, if both if one of them makes it, Djokovic has a much better chance against Nadal than TM. Perfect. That's, that's, uh, that's, let's make that as the official line, you know. Djokovic has a much yeah. better chance because that man can uh, come back from any uh, score line uh, going down. Any. That's Definitely. what I feel. So I remember the last three times he's mm, Nadal mm. in Grand Slams, he's won all three of them. Absolutely. Any. Yeah, and then yeah. 2018 Wimbledon, 2019 yeah. Australian Open, three different Grand Slams. Absolutely, the four years, he and won you, all of them, including the French Open. Yeah, and if you look at uh, Australian Open and the way he dominated that final, I mean, none yeah. of them, none of uh, the Nadal fans expected that. To be very honest, because Djokovic was coming back from an injury, if I'm not wrong. Uh, just uh, he was uh, last year, but. He was uh, uh, there to, you know, make a statement. And the way he played that final, the way he dominated it from the first minute, uh, I've ne- I'd never seen Nadal being dominated in that sense, than that way. But Prasad, here's the thing, Rod Laver Arena, uh, by yeah. the way, I was fortunate enough to actually watch that match live, you know, and this was a fantastic side. But the Rod Laver Arena is Djokovic's court. Yeah. Philip it's yeah. Nadal's court. It's a completely different ball game on the clay on a warm day when, the, when Nadal's forehand, you know, that, that insane bounce that he gets using that wonderful topspin forehand. It's not it's not easy to beat him there, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't, no, I was saying, I was just uh, backing Djokovic's uh, case in terms of the all-round player that he is. But yeah, the clay, the surface is obviously going to make a difference. And uh, we all know that it favors Rafael Nadal. Yes. So right. so yeah. So so to be so we to be very honest, I think the unanimously the three of us will agree that 
Nadal is the favorite to win the uh, French Open by the looks of it. I must say, yes, by the yeah. looks of Rafa, it. Rafa, Rafa, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if the draw had been a bit different, Thiem on Nadal's side and Djokovic playing, say, Tsitsipas in the quarterfinal, then maybe I would have leaned towards Djokovic. So yes, I have to say that Nadal looks very strong. But as I said before, if the final is Djokovic Nadal, then things change. Then hmm, it's going to be, I would say, very close. You know, you, it's not easy to, you know, unequivocally pick Nadal there if it's Nadal Djokovic in the final. But hmm, hmm, we don't correct. know that that final is going to happen. So from correct. today's perspective, yes, Nadal is the favorite going. Correct, on. correct. Prakash, Nadal, pra- yes. Prakash, you agree with that? Your favorite for the French Open? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it has to be Nadal with the draw the way it is. I think uh, Nadal has to be the favorite, and uh, whoever comes on the other side is going to be like. You know, really fatigued. So they will have to really, uh, I think, punch much above or punch much more than uh, Nadal does. And before so we go, be, yeah, and yeah. you know, guys, before we go anywhere, uh, I'd like one more question that I'm getting from a few chats that I posted our links in. And uh, they've uh, asked me, they've uh, they've asked a question, what, what role will the rain play? I mean, will the rain affect the schedule of the play? As we saw in uh, Rome, how the rain played a major factor. Will That's will the rain be a pro- yeah? Will the rain play a major factor here? Be a factor here? Yeah. Will we see two games? That'll definitely change things. You know, if there's especially right towards the end of the tournament. Like for example, I mean, it could make a lot of difference to the Federer Nadal match as well if they make the semi-final, and it's on a damp uh, you know uh, court with uh, overcast conditions. That's the kind of conditions. Uh, that Federer would prefer, you know, like he used to do very well against on Hamburg clay, which is pretty much, you know, mostly wet and damp conditions. And the reason so, for that, Prasad, is this, that particularly for Nadal, one of the biggest assets is his uh, topspin forehand that kicks high into the single-handed backhand. And mm-hmm. if it's bad, and if it's rainy, the bounce yeah, is much better. So it falls very nicely into Federer's hitting zone. So he can handle that backhand much better. You know, so yeah. Nadal's biggest weapon is neutralized a little bit by the rain and the damp weather. Yeah, and if and the movement also, right? The clay, uh, the sliding and all, will not be as easy, you know, as on a very hot and you know, or a regular day because it's going to be wet and you're not you're going to be a little so the movement so it will be more like a hard court match actually, if it really, you know. Uh, but it's like a very slow hard court. So, so it's like, again, it will depend on the matchups. For example, I think, you say Federer and Wawrinka play. The last time Federer lost to Wawrinka in 2015, that mm. was because of heavy conditions, which you would mm, prefer mm, against mm. players like maybe Djokovic. Not, yeah, maybe Djokovic and uh, Nadal, but not against like Wawrinka, who is a power hitter himself. So... Or indeed, Soderling. Prakash, remember Soderling, 2010? Yes. <laughs> Same thing, yeah. That was a loss... Again, on a wet, you know, damp, clean day where you would have rather played, you know, Nadal rather than Soderling that day. And the logic so, there is that even though it's slow, Soderling still yeah. has a power. Power hitters can still hit through. Hit Whereas, through the you know, for uh, players who are not that powerful, like even Federer, it becomes tough. Right? So, hmm. it doesn't affect Soderling, but it affects Federer. It doesn't affect Wawrinka, so, it affects Federer. So, that's the logic there. Yeah. It's fascinating, right? How this, how the weather affects our sport in these in these exactly. ways, very subtle it's going to, ways. Right? Yeah. So, and it's going to be a, it's going to be on a match-to-match basis, you know, depending on the matchups. And uh, definitely, like I think uh, Thiem or Djokovic would prefer it to be wet and you know, damp, uh, rainy day on the final <laughs> if they play. Not all there. So... 
Yeah, weather could play, you know, but if we I have uh, no I haven't looked at the forecast, so I don't know how it hmm. is. Weather could affect weather the schedule. Going... Say, you know, you that's have to a, play yeah. on two days, right? And Again, that's, that's going to be a factor too. Remember, that's open. Yeah. Have a roof. It's the only Grand Slam yeah. without a roof. Roof. That's so, guys, so, so wonderful, yeah. wonderful time uh, discussing uh, uh, the very first episode of the Tennis Galaxy podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. If you're listening to us, um, we've got a very stellar lineup to discuss tennis. Uh, and uh, yeah. to to correct to correct Rajke's uh, duration, he's celebrating his thirtieth year as a tennis fan. Thirtieth <laughs> year, if I'm not wrong, three decades of. tennis and pra- prakash is almost there the next year we get to celebrate his three decades <laughs> so um a pretty much a very good start from us guys i hope you've uh, enjoyed well, uh, uh, speaking about well your conversations are now uh, your uh, r and r conversations are going to be heard by uh, sort of people around the world now and uh, there are people who've uh, asked me to share the links i'll we'll be posting out soon uh if right. there if there are anything you can follow prakash uh, on his twitter handle roger lever uh, make sure to keep an eye on that he posts some really wonderful stats and some patterns that you would love to read and uh, you know um, and, uh, and prasad yeah on that note right let's do a nice uh, trivia piece as we go out absolutely so absolutely you, yeah sure. please on the last uh, you know we discussed i think a uh, couple of days back Yeah. So if you look at 50 years back, Lever did his uh, you know, calendar slam, and he was a first-time French Open winner in the Open era. If you look hmm. at it, mm-hmm. in 69, 69, right? 1969. Yes. yes. 1969. In seven, yeah. Yes. In 1979, Borg won for the fourth time. But if you discount that, in 89, Chang wins the first-time French Open, hmm. and 99, Agassi wins the first-time French Open. No, oh, okay. wow. those nine. Federer wins the first time French Open, right? Wow, wow, okay. So, oh, so see, it's like Dominic Thiem. Do you think that would be crazy? So, yeah, I mean, I guess if Thiem is in the final, Lee, that's something you might well, want to look into. But, uh, there's also another thing, right? That these were all right. sort of curious slams, like right since so the last two ones, the '99 and 2009, and of course, uh, um. In a, yeah, ninety nine, two thousand nine were the career slams, you know, for Agassi and. Uh, had won Wimbledon, U.S. Open, and Australian Open. Agassi in ninety nine, and he had yeah. to win the French Open to complete that. Ninety nine, and of course, Federer famously did that in two thousand nine. Absolutely, yeah. I remember. I remember the two thousand and nine final, uh, and right. I remember celebrating the Soderling Nadal game as well. The fire, the <laughs> match. Because <laughs> that uh, is the pattern. We have to look for somebody who holds. Wimbledon, U.S. Open, and Australian without the French Open, and there is no such right. player. Right. <laughs> yeah, and only, but, uh, yeah, but the Federer could uh, do it a second time. So. Oh, so you mean a second career uh, so, Yeah, in a way, yeah. But ah, so I yeah. mean, if we had to read the omens, then who knows, right? I mean, these <laughs> these omens would support yeah. Federer or Djokovic. These are interesting. True. I mean, it's the kind of things people will want to look into. You know, once they are in that position, you know, like uh, like say if. Uh, Djokovic is the final, or like Federer is the final, and yeah. even more rare, but and even more uh, kind of less probable. But if both of them in the final, one of them is definitely doing it for sure. Oh so, yes, and then let me tell you another stat for Djokovic, another pattern yeah. which seems to suggest that Djokovic may win. May win. Right. Okay, yeah. so here it is: Djokovic in 2016 needed uh, Roland Garros to hold all four slams at the same time. 
same story now right. he needs right. french open gold all four times at the same time what did right. he do in monte carlo there he lost in the second round in uh, 2016 this year right. he lost in the third round then he uh-huh. won madrid this year he won madrid again in right. 2016 he lost loses in the rome rome final this year right. he loses in the rome final again <laughs> <laughs> see it's, so, everything is the same and what happened in 2016 he lost to murray in rome final mm-hmm. and he beat murray to win french open so if he if he had to follow that pattern He lost to Nadal yeah. in Rome final, and so is he going to beat Nadal to win French Open? Question mark. So what? Are, <laughs> what, what, what so this is a really intriguing. Stellar, Open, stellar, right? stellar. Yeah, and so beautiful. Intriguing. I have goosebumps listening to the trivia. You know, the 1959-79-89 thing, the decade thing that uh, Prakash said, and uh, yeah. Rajke very. Uh, uh, that's a very good. pattern that you've uh, given the viewers so now we have we are all have our eyes on the tournament which is starting today IST it's 1:50 am here in india and we are recording this podcast but guys wonderful start to this a pretty up yeah a pretty long uh, one but hey anyway conversations go up for hours right. and hours i mean you guys had more longer conversations than these so right. um, it's been a pleasure having you and um, we will be uh, putting out our first episode very soon keep your eyes on that and make sure to follow prakash on uh, his twitter handle roger lever uh, rajke do you have anything that you would like to share or tell our listeners to follow you somewhere on twitter no yeah. i mean uh, i don't have twitter presence yet but i i just like to thank you for the opportunity for the podcast it just felt like a conversation between three tennis enthusiasts and i just hope Definitely. that we've given people the first time watchers perhaps some pointers as to what to look out for it's going to be a wonderful grand slam oh absolutely absolutely and you know when i uh, when i first uh, spoke to prakash i was like okay uh, we are starting a podcast federer is almost uh, nearing his <laughs> retirement is what we felt and don't be too sure uh, <laughs> by the way yeah. for a few yeah. years yeah. yeah i hope so i hope so if that happens <laughs> i hope so too i mean If you like tennis, you want Federer to play. It doesn't matter whether he's your favorite player or not. Absolutely. Player, Absolutely. And guys, uh, let's sign out then. Uh, to sure. uh, so, uh, guys, if you ha- if you love the podcast, make sure to subscribe to us everywhere. We'll be out soon on Google and Apple Podcast. Uh, give Prakash a follow once again, and we'll be putting out post- podcast probably once a week. Uh, as uh, yes. per the 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 results and as per if it de- it requires us to put out a pod- an episode but make sure to uh, tune in to the podcast because you've got two very very die hard uh, tennis fans sharing their um, uh, views and sharing their trivia sharing their analysis and as you could hear i was just a mere spectator listening to all this and i have goosebumps right now So I hope uh, you even you do and uh, keep following us. Here's your host Prasad signing out with uh, Prakash and Rajkamal. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.